0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Contains Lemons, a podcast about fucking fanfiction. Literally. We're on episode 8, I'm Lorna, and here with me, as always, muttering to herself, is my co-host Bex. Greetings Earthling. So, like I said, we're on episode 8 today, that's quite impressive, isn't it, really, for two people who have no commitment whatsoever.
1: Yeah, except the thing is that we started this
0: months and months and months ago and we were going to make it every two weeks. It is going to be every two weeks, forevermore, because we are going to be organised. If it had actually been every two weeks, what episode would we be on? Don't like ask me that question, like... 30? 50 or something! <laughs> 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 but as it is, we are on episode 8. This is a Jane Eyre fanfiction focusing on Jane Eyre and Mr. Rochester. This was my suggestion, despite the fact that I've never read Jane Eyre yeah Uh, so Bex decided I think in your words we should try and be a bit more cultural and smart Uh, so we thought we'd branch out into the world of books do something a little bit different and we landed straight on Jane Eyre which is obviously the 1847 classic by Charlotte Bronte um I've read it before you hadn't I thought this like I didn't even know who the author was
1: I thought that it was by that other author called Jane Jane Austen
0: Oh, this is amazing. Okay, no, not, not Jane Austen, Hans. Not Jane Austen. Jane Eyre. Was it Jane Austen who put herself in all her books? Probably. That... Honestly. Yeah. Probably. So, the fic we are reading today uh, is called A Different Jane Eyre or Not Your Mother's Jane Eyre, and it's by JP Mel, which is J P M E L, on fanfiction.net. 94,000 words and was written in 2008. Um, they have three other fan fictions they are all Jane Eyre and it doesn't look like they've been active since 2010 so hopefully I'm not going to feel as bad about what we are about to do to this fan fiction as I would if they were still active yeah I did look at that myself and kind of you know
1: evaluate when they were last active yeah and but the thing is I feel like I can fairly confidently say that if they are still writing it's been six years they're probably better.
0: I really truly hope so. I hope so I truly hope so. I really hope so. (laughs) Um, So, Jane Eyre is a novel, one of the cornerstones of English literature. So I read this first actually uh, a few years ago in my early 20s and quite a lot of people I know who are very big readers read this when they were a lot younger um, and really loved Mr. Rochester And me reading it as a 20-something-year-old feminist just sat there and went, wow, he's a fucking nutjob, isn't he? Why is everybody, like, getting wet over him? So, I mean, this was just never really going to end well, me and this fic. And I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've, as I said, never read Jane Eyre. I know the name Jane
1: Eyre, obviously. I don't live under a rup. I know the name Mr. Rochester, but didn't know what they were going to be like. And... Because I've still not read Jane Eyre, I don't know if this was true to character, I don't know if this is out of character, I don't know if this is just a reflection on the writing, but I found both of the main characters intensely dislikable.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, So I think, yeah, Mm. Mr. Rochester, at least when I read it for the first time, uh, struck me as incredibly dislikable, actually. I don't think... I remember finding Jane annoying, but not as annoying or selfish, actually, as she comes across in this fic. She is just completely... What I want to know is, in the book, Mm. is
1: she... Was she, like, perhaps one of the first examples of a Mary Sue? Or is that in this fic? Is that the way she comes across in this fic or is that truly what the jane eyre character was like that's
0: a good question um i haven't studied it as much as i would like to the uh, the book not this fic i feel like i've read this fic a thousand times over and we'll see it on my deathbed but um in the book i i just i don't remember finding her this frustrating i knew she was frustrating and i knew she was a bit wet but this just takes it to a whole new level
1: yeah, um, I mean within the first chapter now my notes don't reflect this, but it might have <laughs> even been within the first paragraph. I was just like oh Yeah. There's gonna be ninety-four thousand words of this character. Yeah. Yep. I haven't written many notes about sort of in, in that first bit, but I've just uh I've just got the notes. Oh, I've had a tough life, but I'm super funny and badass. Dead parents. I'm stronger than I look. I'm clutzy and lovable, plain but enchanting.
0: One of those. <gasps> oh, I think you just hit the nail on the head if I'm honest. Um, yeah, there were so many points throughout this book where book, sorry, fic where I read it and I thought, wow, this is probably the sort of bad fanfiction I was writing when I was like 13 or 14. Yeah. She smokes, she goes drinking, has a really high sex drive despite the fact she's never had sex, but immediately becomes a fucking expert at it. Yeah. Um, Oh, and you can't forget the kickboxing. The kickboxing is a really important intrinsic part of her character. Yeah, also you mentioned that she smokes, however, I think there are only about three references
1: to it. Yeah, very Um, confusing. in like the first chapter a a vague reference to it later on and then at sort of a a pivotal or emotional point she's like oh what time to be quitting smoking it's like you've barely smoked throughout this whole thing
0: what's (laughs) happening (laughs) yeah so shall we so we kick off chapter one um so most of the premise of this fic is the same as jane eyre itself jane is a governess um she's governess to adele who is mr rochester's niece this is a modern AU set in about 2007, I think, because there are some very pointed references to cars and yeah. dates, um, which we'll get into later. Because I truly, find... I highlighted them; it was great. Oh, okay, well, you want to do that in a bit? Okay. I think no, no, go on. Go with What you were going to say? I was going
1: to say that. So she drives a, a Honda Civic from 1990. Yeah. From 1990. Now, having myself, you know, you know, someone I I know. Has a Honda Civic. Uh And she
0: references
1: uh, that it costs $43.35 to fill up. (laughs) (laughs) How cheap is petrol in America? (laughs) That's insane. I'd kill to fill up a Civic (laughs) for $43.35. It currently costs £55 to fill up a a Civic basically from empty. You know how much that is? That's $70? (laughs) It's like double inflation my friend
0: inflation
1: yeah so i'm not sure if that's inflation or if petrol's just dirt cheap in america <laughs> but i i just read that and i was like hold on i need to get like dollars to pounds.com up so i can check on how much that is because that's insane i just
0: really enjoyed this speci- <laughs> there are tons of moments throughout this of just like specificity that made me howl. but we're gonna start from the beginning i had to how. google some of the food Oh, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about the seven course menu that I actually don't give a shit about. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. So, Jane, first chapter. She's got a night off from being a governess at Thornfield Hall. Which is confusing because after this chapter she never seems to really leave Thornfield Hall again but apparently she occasionally goes out to this little dive bar, smokes outside, goes inside, immediately gets sexually assaulted and yep. then like beats the shit out of the guy who sexually assaulted her which obviously, um, and then engages in conversation with a hunky stranger who can be heard in a bar with 20 bar stalls between them. Ed. 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 Hi Ed. Hi Ed. How are you Ed? Ed gets fucking wasted. He is slaughtered. He is absolutely trashed. My favourite line in this chapter, I mean there are a lot of lines in this chapter. Right. My favourite line in this chapter was about how she almost had an orgasm watching him drink his beer because his mouth was so like wonderful or whatever. Yeah. Kill me. So, yeah, they're flirting, they're chatting about life. It gets deep quickly. And then, and then uh, Ed, Mystery Man Ed, who I think we all know where, we all know where this is going, right? Yeah. Uh Dark tools, mysterious stranger. She, she helps him upstairs to stay in one of the rooms.
1: Because conveniently this
0: bar is also an inn. Yeah, clearly. Why not? And then he... Tries to kiss her, but passes out before they can shag. And I actually have a note here that says, rewind, because I had to reread that section of the chapter several times. I don't know if you did too. Um, but so basically, she undresses him. Yep. Kind of like pulls his... Bo- he is unfucking conscious at this point, right? Yeah. Pulls his boxes, like, down and stares at his dick. Yeah. and then contemplates fucking him while he's passed out i've got some news for everybody here that's called rape and we're not okay with thoughts like that yeah it was creepy it was really <clears throat> fucking creepy yeah i think a therapist would have a field day with that scene honestly yeah. she thinks she's never gonna see it again bex
1: i know yeah, it is that it must be tough for her <laughs> <laughs> To never see again this guy that she contemplated raping. But uh, we later find out... Oh, is it mentioned in the first chapter? I didn't write anything down about it. But we later find out that she also sort of laid down with him and spooned him.
0: Like, Oh, I feel like I missed that part. It's Jesus. like right at the end. Oh, okay. Where, um,
1: spoiler alert, Mr. Rochester admits that he remembers that night. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs>
1: and how uh, he fell in love with the girl who laid down and spooned him and... <laughs> Stared at his dick while she thought he was unconscious? Like,
0: I don't understand. Was he hard at that point? I I have
1: no idea. Who can stare wantingly at a flaccid penis?
0: I truly can't. You'll never guess, Bex, who who Ed is. I, for one, was shocked. I was so shocked. I nearly fell off my chair. Ed is Uncle Edward, a.k.a. Mr Rochester. Rochester. The writing style... Is rubbish. Just stressed me out so much because there were some points where there were like obvious quotes from the book but also it was this really weird mix of um, trying to be classic and also modern but just sounded really like pretentious and disjointed
1: there's also a few weird bits where it's almost like sort of a diary entry and like she's talking directly to the
0: reader yeah which is a theme of of the the novel what oh Um, okay so but it
1: kind of switches in and out of that like quite weirdly yeah it's confusing
0: it's really confusing i also have here um of course jane is a photographer oh yes because why not why not why not she doesn't have a camera though does she or she does yeah she
1: does i don't remember that bit yeah. but i remember that she gets given a camera uh, maybe. later on in the thing oh. so it'd be a bit weird if like she was a photographer i don't remember that at all so she's a photographer but she doesn't have a camera because she has to be given one later
0: yeah it's, i'm very confused oh, it's just there were so many things about jane that angered me and stressed me out uh mr rochester is still a full-on emotionally abusive trash bag and just abusive trash bag actually yeah i think she should have kickboxed (laughs) him out you know the minute she set eyes on him bye felicia yeah exactly so then we get to the age gap which is obviously a point in the novel also but i think because of how it kind of was back then we are talking you know 1840s or 50s or whatever it was more of an okay thing not that it's not an okay thing now you know age gaps whatever but (sighs) there is just nothing about mr rochester that like seems attractive in any way like it doesn't it just doesn't well apparently he's ripped well oh yeah he is ripped um and you know that's totally cool i (sighs) And he has black eyes. You can't forget that. Oh. Oh, I know. It's coming at the end. Don't you worry. Okay. I highlighted it and <laughs> screamed. So, yeah. If we if we hadn't been reviewing this, fic, I wouldn't have made it past the first chapter. No, I, I wouldn't have. Honestly. And I'm really sorry that I put you through this because yeah, I'm because the one that picks them. Yeah, and, and
1: I started reading it before you did.
0: I know. I know. I warned and, you. I know. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. My... <laughs> What I'd like to talk about for a moment, I'd just like to pause it on like the quote-unquote romantic front because really nothing happens until about halfway through in any way shape or form. Uh, I want to talk about Adele for a minute and how actually everybody shits all over Adele for zero reason and she's somehow like... there is this scene, I don't know if you remember this, it's in chapter five where Mr. Rochester is talking about Adele's mother. Mm -hmm. And how he wouldn't be surprised if Adele's mother traded sexual favours for those roles. Because in this AU, uh, Adele's mother, as well as being Mr. Rochester's ex-partner, I believe, who fucked his brother, I don't know, it all got a bit Freudian, is an actress in, in Hollywood. And they're having this conversation in, like, some sort of cafe thing, I think. While Adele, who is nine years old. Nine. Nine, is chatting up. 15 year old boy like within like reach of them and like she's unattended and like teenage like what
1: yeah that's weird and uncomfortable yeah it's just
0: you picked up on that too right it wasn't just me being like like i've got here about the 15
1: year old giving the nine year old his phone number and it's just like um i know you're busy like trying to explain your life story but maybe oh. between the uncle slash you know official guardian yeah, and, and governess. governess one of
0: you could be fucking responsible for the also, child in your care
1: also who hires an 18 year old as a governess like if you've got money which obviously they they do oh, yeah. like why are you hiring someone who who doesn't even have a college education <laughs> yeah no teaching <laughs> qualifications <laughs> No
0: childcare experience. Such a good point. Like that is such a good point. Why is she
1: even looking after this child? What is she teaching her? She obviously has like a high school education, I don't know. but like and, you know, I mean, know, What's happening I know it here? It
0: makes sense for the plot and it relates back to the novel and stuff. But why is Adele homeschooled when like yeah when he is never th- send the kid to boarding school for fuck's sake? Like she won't know the difference. Yeah. Let her have a real life instead of just chilling out with this 18-year-old all day. So weird. It's so weird. Yeah, and just everybody is so... Adele is not a great character, but actually I think she's one of the best characters in this fic because everybody else is so abhorrent. And they just really demean her. There's a point where like the word tween is used about five times and I wanted to stab my own eyes out. Um, And
1: she's described as being, like, kind of flighty and not interested in, like, her school studies and stuff. And,
0: like, she's nine. Yeah. And then, like, there's one point where it's, like, they basically, they go out for this dinner, this celebratory dinner... And Adele, like, because she reads girls' magazines or whatever, knows how to do Jane's, you know, hair and makeup. Oh yeah, that was that was a weird bit. And like, all of a sudden it's like, oh, maybe she's actually not vapid, maybe she's learning something and it's like, yes, that's you know, if you're interested in makeup and beauty, it doesn't mean you're stupid.
1: Yeah. No, it's just it's just weird. And like You know, the kid likes shopping and stuff, but like... She loves shopping. But perhaps that's the only kind of adult company she gets. Yeah, go I I would say that Adele is like borderline neglected. I think
0: she is. (laughs) I think she is. And do you know the most disturbing line out of Adele's mouth? What? Is towards the end when I've got to find it.
1: Oh, I think I know what you're going to say.
0: Yeah, so let's just rewind to the fact that this kid is nine, right? Yeah. Why didn't you just say that they are going up to their room to have sex? Excuse you, excuse you. Oh, it's just weird. Well, poor Adele. And then they do oh, go go off for half a day and abandon her on Christmas Day with the fucking housekeeper.
1: Yeah. Also, like one of the. This is kind of just me asking no, a question go about ahead. the book. Go ahead. Why is Mr. Rochester's middle name Fairfax? Like, is that anything to do with the housekeeper, Mrs. Fairfax? I don't remember. Okay. I truly don't remember. Are they related? Like, what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that pretty much just, like, sums up my entire experience of this fanfic. Just me going, like, what's happening? (sighs) Can we also talk about when uh, Mr. Rochester, like decides to spend some quality time with Adele... Yeah. ...by, like, taking them camping. Which isn't taking them camping, because they, like, camp in the back garden. But appropriate is,
0: for a nine-year-old.
1: Yeah, appropriate for a nine-year-old. Like, that's the kind of thing, you know, parents do with their, yeah, their yeah, kids. Gotcha. You have, like, a little fake camping thing. You, yeah, you have. you all get bored, you go indoors at about ten o'clock. Yeah. It feels really exciting. You make yeah. s'mores. Yeah. Like, you, you tell ghost stories, whatever. What you don't do is, like shag the governess or don't or like have a weird sex dream like it's not really explained whether Adele has already gone into the house or not by this point
0: no by the point so they they go out and they have this camp out and then no because she doesn't does she because she kind of goes she makes a comment the next morning she's like oh you two were up talking all night because all I could hear were you saying each other's names, where they're clearly like having parallel sex dreams about each other, which involved s'mores, which actually made me feel very uncomfortable and I don't really want to talk about it. But I mean, it is described
1: as parallel. Sort of sex dreams, basically. But also, when Jane goes inside, she finds out that her underwear is inside yeah, out. Yeah, how fucked so, up was that? Like, what happened there? Was the child in the tent or not? Was <laughs> the like, child like, in the they tent? did they have sex did or they not? Have sex? I'm very confused and swans, alarmed. Were
0: the s'mores like, covered in rehypnol? What was going on in this scene? What like, ha- I have to know. Hashtag,
1: what happened in the tent? Uh, oh. Like, we need to know. <laughs> we
0: need to know what happened in the tent. I just um the best part about that so this scene is quite the, the camping scene is quite early in the in the fic. It's chapter seven. Out of thirty three, in case any of you were wondering how much yeah I fucked up in picking this. <clears throat> um and Jane just immediately which is actually very you know, it it's very true of the sort of fiction that was around at the time, it was all very dramatic, it was all very kind of emotional and over the top but it's like oh he kind of flirted with me over some you know marshmallow and melted biscuits
1: is this the whole he must be in love with me you have some chocolate on your face allow me yeah kind of thing
0: do you know oh, what? that was so uncomfortable well, firstly it's uncomfortable but also like don't you just do that for your friends i've probably we've probably gotten food off each other's faces about like fifty thousand times do you mm. know what i mean it's not oh there's also the, the awkward
1: thing. bit where his shirt catches fire and she throws a bucket of water oh over him. my god like, the minute
0: that happened i can't even tell you i was in my i was in my flat on my own it was like half 10 at night i was reading this was and this last night, night it was the night before. Okay. And I laughed so loudly that I, like, shocked myself. Do you
1: know what I mean? So you had a slightly different reaction. I was reading it, and I just went, oh! <laughs> <laughs> like, to the point where, who had headphones on? Turned around and I was like, what? <laughs> so... You know, Ugh. it elicited, like, it elicited, like, a vocal reaction. In
0: both of in us.
1: In both of us. For different reasons. I just, just, like, oh my god.
0: The minute that happened, I was <laughs> like, she's going to throw a bucket of water over him and they're probably going to fuck. And they didn't fuck, but, I mean, the bucket of water was just a stroke of genius, honestly. So then we get to Blanche Ingram. Oh, yeah. Who, this is weird. Yeah, so, <laughs> Blanche... I, I,
1: before we talk about Blanche... Yeah, no, please. Could yeah. we talk about... How Blanche is introduced and Mrs.
0: Fairfax's
1: weird obsession with Blanche
0: Ingram. (laughs) Do you think Mrs. Fairfax fucked Blanche Ingram? Like, in her dreams at the very least. Yeah, basically.
1: I ship Mrs. Fairfax and Blanche Ingram. So, Jane is coming uh inside or she's going to find mr rochester because she wants to declare her love for him
0: perfectly normal thing to do yeah, yeah why not
1: good. let's just like skip past how weird that is yeah and um talk about how she bumps into mrs fairfax uh who says that oh mr rochester has gone away for a while i think he's going to be seeing blanche and then launches into this like impassioned speech about how beautiful Blanche Ingram is and how wonderful she is and how she can't wait for the two of them to be married and it's just basically a bit like weird Uh, she describes how like Blanche has been um Blanche and Mr. Rochester have been on and off for like a long old time yeah but it's just her, her description of Blanche
0: and how, how lo- I loved up she is. Yeah, she, she fucking it's loves It's weird. It.
1: Like, it's really weird. Especially
0: when you meet Blanche Ingram and realise that she's an asshole.
1: Yeah, she's kind of a cunt.
0: But also, Mr. Rochester. Total cunt, too. So, you know.
1: Yeah. It's,
0: it's, but we'll get to that. Yeah, um, we'll
1: get to that.
0: <laughs> so, something that really threw me that randomly cropped up in Chapter 9, and this is where, like, it all goes to shit for me is when i was talking about kind of the modern <laughs> the modern versus the old there is a line here that says i had an epiphany or if you watch the office an epiphany i it's did just not catch that stuff. at all and it's just stuff like that where i'm like what what on earth possessed to like think that this in any way fitted with the narrative you're trying to tell and i know it's a really small pathetic little thing But I've got it here and I've got it highlighted, so it really got my goat. It really got my goat. It was weird. So we're going to save lemons for a bit, I think. Okay. Um, So they have this awards night. Yep. They go to this awards night. Adele is a fucking dream. She picks out the dress that Jane should wear, which obviously she looks great in. She does her hair and her makeup for her. And then at the very end of chapter 10, Blanche Ingram is introduced and... It all just gets weirder and weirder from this point onwards, really, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, there's so much like plot confusion <laughs> like,
1: about these particular chapters. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just. How how
0: lost were you?
1: Like, after I finished reading it, and I was like writing up some notes and and stuff, I did have to go back to this particular point and like clarify a few bits, and like realize that I'd completely misinterpreted uh, like part of the blackmail element.
0: Oh, right, what
1: had you... So, basically, at the party, which is celebrating Mr. Rochester, uh, we're sort of introduced to, uh, or Jane walks in on Mr. Rochester being blackmailed by Mystery Man. Mystery Man. Yeah, and i somehow, I'm not quite sure how I got the impression that he was being blackmailed to propose to Blanche.
0: Ah, oh, okay, interesting. Um, right, I see.
1: Uh, and this uh, Mason, Mr. Mason, was going to air this dirty laundry about Mr. Rochester mm-hmm. unless he proposed to Blanche. Right. So okay. I kind of got a bit confused from that point on, and like later had to go back and clarify what that was right, kind of about. Okay. Turns out that's not what's happened. No. But no no. I'm sure we'll get back into that. Yeah,
0: we will. Um so when we're talking about like sloppy plot writing, we've got so we've got the uh, we've got the throwing of the water yeah. uh, for the fire and then we have Jane and Mr Rochester dancing, Blanche falling and twatting her head on a table. 15 stitches. 15 stitches. I can't even begin to imagine what the blood looked like. And in that situation, Mr Rochester taking off his jacket. Well, this woman he is dating is bleeding profusely from the head and giving it to Jane. Maybe he didn't want to like... get blood
1: on it, maybe it maybe. was
0: expensive. <laughs> uh, Jane obviously rummages around in there and finds an engagement ring. Da, da, da. Da, da, da. And then at the end of the chapter, it transpires that Blanche is coming to stay with her whole fucking family, which does happen. Because
1: the doctors recommended it wouldn't be great for her to go back into the city straight away with a head injury because right so the location for this also slightly confused me
0: I think as well because I think it's in the state of New York but it's no it's not it's not at all what it's in California San Francisco what no it's what
1: yeah no do you know do you know why you got confused or maybe it's not They definitely reference San Francisco quite a lot, but they also reference the Hudson River.
0: Oh, this is so
1: confusing. So I got super confused about that because there's a lot of references to San Francisco and, like, Bear Mountain and stuff like that. Um, But they also talk about the Hudson River and at one point Jane buys a present for Miss Fairfax, which is a day trip to Atlantic City, which (laughs) is in New Jersey. So where are they? California, (laughs) New York... New we Jersey. Who don't know Who where knows? they are. Like. They, don't,
0: they don't even know where they are. So Blanche comes to stay and makes a really pointed remark about how all nannies try and fuck the older men that they're ah, working Ah, but she's not for. a nanny, she's a governess. Yeah, she's not a nanny, she's a governess, so it's fine. Jane descends into even more psychopathic behaviour, as far as I'm concerned. There's a line here that said, Then it occurred to me, he doesn't love Blanche. Can we just point out, right, I understand that when you are spending what you think is a lot of time with someone of the opposite sex which I guess is relative because really you know has she ever been around anybody of the opposite sex for a serious amount of time that didn't beat the shit out of her I don't know
1: oh Um, that's that's another one to tick off the Mary Sue list child abuse yeah
0: child abuse you think you know how their mind works but there were so many points in this fic where she's like oh he's my best friend and we had such a great time and yeah. it's like you don't know this guy that made
1: me really uncomfortable when she refers to him like later on she's like i'm marrying my best friend it's like hold up <laughs> you just, like what do you know about this do you person? have literally
0: no other friends yes, that's it though she doesn't yeah she doesn't true. her entire life is in that house but it's it like so
1: uncomfortable it's so
0: uncomfortable <laughs> yeah mason puts in another appearance calls Jane a whore for reasons I'm unclear of. Mr. Rochester punches him. And then, and then there's some fucking, which I just don't want to talk about right now because I want to go back to it because it is just so bizarre. Yeah, that's fair. There are so many bizarre elements of Lennon time. Um, So they Jane and Mr. Rochester get together, basically. Do you, Did you feel any emotion towards that, Paul? Mainly f- confusion. <laughs> In what I think we'll cover it in lemon time Okay, excellent, <laughs> excellent, super into that So then, there is this really if, So if any of you guys have read Jane Eyre You've never read Jane Eyre? Nope Had you ever heard of any sayings about the wife in the attic or the woman in the attic In like general pop culture? No No, really, okay I thought it was a more kind of widespread thing than it is Yeah, um, no idea Okay, so if you, uh, if you know Jane Eyre Or if you don't, I'm about to tell you Mr. Rochester is married to Bertha. um Bertha is mentally ill. In this, she's diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. Obviously, because the original was written in 1847, there's no there's no real word for what she is then. Should we talk about the treatment of, you know, mental health in this? Ah, oh, do we want to? I don't even because... know. I don't
1: even know. Basically, I I can't remember exactly how it's written, but this some sort of weird law that basically stops them from getting divorced unless sh- her mental Ill- illness is declared completely, completely, completely uncurable, yeah.
0: in which case it's fine to divorce her. I don't know. It's like... Cool, imagine <laughs> having a completely uncurable mental illness and your partner just being like, yeah, bye.
1: Yeah, well, that, oh,
0: that's one thing, I guess. But, um oh, it's
1: just so uncurable. Um, yeah, so that's basically it, The the... What they decide upon finding out that her illness is, you know, bad, but not yet bad enough to be described as completely incurable. What should we do in this situation? I don't know, maybe let's just lock her away in a tower <laughs> for, like, two years until the deadline passes and we can find out if I can divorce the bitch. Seems, <laughs> seems reasonable. Yeah,
0: it's such a crucial part of the original book that I knew she would have to be in there, but I wasn't sure how they were going to handle it or even justify it and again this was written in 2008 and i'm not saying that that was a million miles away but i think uh the popular culture's attitude to mental health has changed a lot for the better i hope Mm. since then and the way we talk about it and the way we handle it i hope is better than it was in 2008 because god knows i was a shitbag back then but this is just it's so uncomfortable it's so uncomfortable um don't worry about it though because handily in about (laughs) five chapters bertha dies so you know yeah in
1: fact that um that chapter summary i've literally never written the word conveniently more times (laughs) in like one short space than I have in that chapter because it is all very convenient.
0: It's so convenient. My favourite line in that chapter is a week had now passed after Bertha's funeral and Edward was back to his old self.
1: Seems, seems legit. Like seems, week, yeah, week, a week?
0: Yeah. A week? That's fine. That's fine. Didn't even like her anyway. She was just like a, a, a shit tenant. Really. Oh, I don't think
1: we've clarified as well. Mr. Mason the blackmailer mm. uh, is Bertha's Bertha brother. brother. Yeah. And Mr. Mason you... is blackmailing Mr. Rochester because Mr. Rochester has been sleeping with escorts. Yeah. Um, so this is kind
0: of mm. the other bit that confused me, right? So yeah. like you're not going to blackmail your brother-in-law about the fact that he is keeping your wife in a tower, but you're going to blackmail him about the fact that you have been paid that he has been paying for sex.
1: Not only that. But when it does eventually come out in the newspaper, there's no reference to Bertha at all because no. Jane still doesn't know about Bertha no. at that point. It comes out in the papers that he's been sleeping with uh with escorts and there is no mention of Bertha at all. There's no mention that this businessman has who's been sleeping with escorts, which is apparently newspaper worthy. Mm-hmm. Uh it at no point mentions that this guy is married. No. Even though it was the wife's brother who like leaked the story the so you think like me. he might have mentioned that <laughs> so weird
0: so basically jane I'm, mm. i was quite happy for jane at this point because she sort of seemed to screw her head back on she was like no you lied to me i can't believe you lied to me i'm giving you can we also talk about the uh that.
1: sorry casual misogyny to do with the the blackmail as well in that when it comes out Um, because he's been blackmailed about this, so he's obviously concerned about it, he thinks it's going to affect his career, but actually what happens is that just all his uh, colleagues and the people he's associated with in business don't give a shit and just start using the same escort service. amen. So that's convenient. Really
0: convenient, really convenient. Definitely
1: Um, not creepy. No,
0: not. Jane gives the engagement ring back, she's like, fuck you. Basically. yeah and she's like I'm gonna go off to college because I met she goes on a random trip to see her dying aunt, meets this guy called John Reed uh, rivers rivers Reed. Right? rivers it might be rivers actually um, I didn't know his last name down
1: rivers I've written okay. down could still be wrong <laughs>
0: Meets this random guy, John Rivers, who gives her a lift somewhere because her car is broken down. I also like the fact that this was written in 2008 and women were still considering getting into cars with complete strangers. That does not make me uncomfortable at all. Um, Conveniently
1: does not get raped or murdered.
0: (laughs) Conveniently does not get raped or murdered. He gives her a card. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm at this college and it's cool. He decides she's going to college. Yeah.
1: She decides that she's going to a community college, which is fine. Yeah. Four and a half hours away from where she lives. Like, if you're going to go to a community college, just go to your closest one. Yeah. Like, very confusing. It's literally fine.
0: Very confusing. I want to talk a bit more about mental health in
1: this. Are you going to talk about the aunt?
0: No. Okay. No. Would you like to talk about the aunt? It's not so much a, a
1: massive mental health issue that I wanted to talk about in regards okay. to the aunt. But Jane goes to visit her dying aunt, yeah. who um, also conveniently reveals that she's been hiding these stocks that Jane's parents bought for her before Jane's parents died. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, That aside, um, so when a relative is abusive or, you know, cruel for no apparent reason, it can often be interpreted that that's because the relative might be jealous or, you know, they might resent certain factors about the person they're being cruel to and abusing. Mm. What they often don't do is, like, describe that in in in-depth detail and say, yeah, I only did this because you represent sort of, like, everything I could have been and stuff. It was just very clumsy and awkward to have the aunt kind of actually describe that herself. Yeah. Yeah. About how uh, she resented Jane's mother because Jane's mother was so strong and independent. And how she saw those similar attributes in Jane. And that's why she was cruel and abusive. Um, And it was just incredibly awkward to have that all kind of spoken from the
0: arm. It's just weird. Yeah, really bizarre. So speaking of mental health, chapter 24 reads like a fucking fever dream. Oh, Yeah
1: so there are a few references to religion in o- earlier chapters like just a couple of like i said a prayer for this yeah. um god help me yeah. blah, blah blah stuff like that nothing big
0: chapter 24 feels like jane has given birth to like the old and the new testament jane has some sort of like religious break? Yeah, she has, like, this- It's like she goes to college and finds religion, which is not the thing most people go to college and find, but, you know, whatever. So, Jane, again, I could be wrong, because this could be, you know, um, Um, an example of poor writing, but what I read happened was- I read this chapter several times, and
1: I still couldn't determine what actually happened. What
0: I read happened was Jane suffered from depression for two days, ended up somehow going on really long walks and eating food out of trash cans and after two days people noticed that she was depressed despite the fact she hadn't said a word to anyone since she got there, banged on her door and she was then immediately hospitalised.
1: But also in her mind she wasn't in her room, she was like lost in a cave in a forest and she'd been surviving by eating berries and that was the bit that i couldn't quite work out if i
0: thought she was like (coughs) taking herself on really long walks and like
1: well i couldn't work out if that had actually happened or if she was imagining that and what was actually happening was that she was foraging in trash cans (laughs) no idea what happened in this chapter
0: i just wakes up
1: in an infirmary yeah fine
0: yeah okay cool i don't even know the concept of time in this is just completely all over the place yeah i found in the next um, in the next chapter like the problem with this is right there are so many fucking filler chapters in this thing yeah i cannot even tell you but in chapter 25 i found um the the inscription for your autobiography oh okay do enlighten me would you like to hear it yes please my autobiography (laughs) so i'm I'm gonna write this okay or a biography i could write it for you okay so this is gonna be like the little dedication bit you have in the front that kind of Sums up you as a person, right? Got yeah. it. We had a lot of fun playing naughty games with each other over the internet, and a good time was had by all. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty real. <laughs> Put that on my tombstone. I will. I will. Don't be worried. So, despite the fact that Jane, I thought, had rejected her reproposal, uh, her and Edward are still together, but she is just massively, you know, depressed and stressed out at the thought that they are separated. Because he's fucked off to London. That confused me.
1: They're still together, they're just not engaged. They're
0: still together, they're not engaged. He's pissed off to London.
1: It's more of a, they're engaged to be engaged. So like, engaged. <laughs> they know that when he comes back, they're going to get engaged oh, again. Jesus.
0: And Jane, again, I'm going to go back to the whole mental health thing again, because Jane looks to become a student counsellor, uh, because her old friend John is a student counsellor. The creepy um, John
1: Rivers. In the first chapter that he appears in, he just seems sort of like a kindly stranger. Yeah,
0: because I assumed he was much older until he pulled out like a <laughs> college business card. I was like, oh, I still a assi- figure. Yeah,
1: exactly. I still assumed that he was like much older until you kind of meet his sisters that are yeah. Jane's age. All, in from chapter like twenty five, twenty six when he sort of reintroduced again, he just starts to kind of come off as like super creepy
0: he's like he reads like the kind of guy who would pull off some sort of high school shooting yeah college shooting he's just written
1: very strangely yeah
0: yeah like murder definitely mass murder territory
1: yeah Um, bit bit rapey
0: bit rapey (laughs) amen um so jane looks into becoming a student counselor with him because he's like he's good at it and this fucking killed me she's basically annoyed because the problems aren't exciting enough for her that the students are bringing to her
1: yeah they're basically you know students coming to their peer counselor with problems that they're you know struggling in college yeah That's not exciting enough for her. I'm sorry, but like, that's what it's
0: gonna be. This is not an episode of like, how to get away with murder, do you know what I mean? They're not gonna tell you shit. And then we get to Chris, Christmas, I think. I don't know, chapter 26 is very confusing in terms of time, like I said. Okay. Um, Yes, Christmas, we're at Christmas. And then we have this ridiculous, like, is it the fourth wall break? I don't even know what it is, where he buys her a first edition copy of Wuthering Heights from 1848, in a near mint condition, firstly, fuck off Mary Sue, and secondly, your sister wrote that book. Yeah. Weird. Weird. Mm. And also, she doesn't pick up a book. For yeah. For this entire... For this Oh, that's not true. Thick.
1: That's not true. Oh,
0: sorry. She picks up what appears to be Mills and Boons. Which, hey, yeah. I ain't judging. We all love a bit of Mills and Boone every now and again, right? We all need a bit of erotica. We are literally reviewing erotic fanfiction on this podcast. But Jesus Christ, where does this and Heights obsession suddenly come from? Yeah. Why? So yeah, then we have Christmas. Literally nothing happens apart from the fact that they fuck all day and abandon Adele with her housekeeper, but we'll get to that later. Does anything else happen for the rest of this fic? Find out John's gay. Oh, we find out John's gay. That's oh yeah, it does
1: cool. actually. The, the very last sort of weird plot point mm. is... Oh, this bullshit. As Edward is leaving to go back to London, he sort of awkwardly says, like, oh, I'm having trouble with my phone at the moment. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so the next time that Jane calls Edward, (sighs) Blanche picks up the phone, uh, and claims that her and Edward are back together. A voice which sounds to be Edward sort of laughs at the idea that Jane is calling and it all just seems like very obviously fake it's just it's all very like okay something's not right here blah 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 and within about two or three paragraphs you find out that like Edward's not in Paris with Blanche he's flown out to surprise her the blanche thing was fake something to do with like a cloned phone number or something and it's actually blanche and mr mason the blackmailer from earlier yeah so that was just like weird it's like a drama but it's also kind of resolved within one chapter
0: well is it though because obviously (laughs) edward turns up at the point where jane is crying her eyes out to john and walks in on them kissing yes in john kissing jane the predatory at all
1: john the gay guy by the way gay john gay john <laughs> that one um who by the way says that he would you know try and build a, a straight life with jane yeah. to see if they could be together see if he could pray away the gay oh, that's god. a that's a
0: literal thing god bless john God bless. I hope you lived a really happy gay life in California with Mike, were?
1: his boss. Yeah,
0: with Mike, his boss. And th- are we going to talk about what happens next?
1: Oh god, i despite the fact that I only read this last night, I'd somehow pushed that out of my mind.
0: i would kind of forgotten about it too until just now, but now we're here. So chapter chapter thirty two. So we read a lot of fan fiction. We're used to the grand finale plot twist, aren't we? We yeah. we are used to it. This with some truly special kind of bullshit yeah so at the end of chapter 31 um jane hears
1: a voice (laughs) telling her to go to edward to find edward
0: so jane hears her name being called in the wind not fucking creepy at all personally at that point i would have gone back to my room uh locked myself in it and called campus police but that's just me you know, but she decides to get in her car and she's not sure where her car is taking her but her car seems to know the way to go, so that's great. And um, at some point
1: she just feels the urge to stop. She stops and she gets out of her car, she's not really sure why she's stopped or where she is or why she's getting out of her car, but she looks around and there, falling down a cliff... <laughs> Is an embankment!
0: Ed- it's not even a fucking <laughs> cliff, it's an embankment.
1: Is Edward's car that's been crashed, that he's still in and has been there for five days?
0: I don't even want to talk about it. Like, okay, so the, the worst part of this is that the actual quote is... Well, not the actual quote, but like, Jane finds him after driving on Route 87 for a bit. So...
1: Where is Route 87? I Do don't that-
0: know the answer to that question, but my understanding of routes is that they're like, R A roads or M roads, right? So you're telling me that for five fucking days, this main road between somewhere, you know, a fucking college campus, nobody spots the fact that this Land Rover, despite the fact that he left in the middle of the fucking day, has gone off onto an embankment, crashed, and this guy is dying in his car.
1: Yeah. Right, so it, this doesn't really clear up where they live because... What this,
0: the fuck?
1: This road seems to go from Montana to Texas.
0: Oh, this makes no sense.
1: Where's Montana? Where's America? This road goes through Texas, New Mexico, Colorado, Wyoming, and Montana. Oh,
0: God, I'm so confused as um, fuck
1: None is. of which were locations that we previously <laughs> thought that any of this fic was set in. So... That does not clear anything up at all. I do not think this writer is American.
0: Also, on that, on that geography note, um, yeah. at some point, uh, they visit um, Jane and Edward visit London, and I, I, just scream, oh, I screamed yeah. for the whole chapter. And I apologise to any American, because that's probably what it felt like back in the day when I was writing fan fiction set in America that I knew absolutely jack shit about. But the fact that the Docklands light railway got a name check in there really quite special because you know
1: i wonder if this was written by someone who is perhaps english but has only been to london like once and went on a bus tour and the dlr and the dlr <laughs> and knows
0: what canary wharf looks like and just well, apparently where know. to eat there yeah well like so after this crap you know edward's a bit fucked up he then,
1: sorry no, he has serious amounts of surgery and afterwards is obviously very groggy <laughs> the anesthesia and this is where I suddenly thought like oh okay there's a lot of book references here that I must not be getting because when he wakes up he's very confused and believes that he was in a fire and that his wife Bertha died in the fire and that he's lost his hand and that's why he's blind and why he's covered in burns Um, but actually he's still got his hand but he's lost use of it he's blind but only in one eye and he's not covered in any burns at all
0: yeah so my i should have googled this but my remembrance of it is in the novel kind of the the ending ish of the book was bertha setting a fire in the attic he went in to try and i don't remember if he went in to try and rescue her or if he was trapped in there or if jane was trapped in there or something like that um i believe he does go fully blind in the book and he may or may not lose a hand so yeah that was a really big Big book moment, but also I'd kind of forgotten that Bertha had died already, so I was like, what? Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. What? And because this fic is so, it jumps around so much and it was so abysmally written, I was like, oh my god, what? Did, did I just make up the car crash? Like, who's the high one here, him or me?
1: Did Did Bertha really have a heart attack earlier? Did she survive the heart attack? We are
0: unclear. Truly unclear. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that. And then chapter 33, they get married.
1: Very ecologgy.
0: Very epilogue-y. Um Obviously, the famous, most famous line opens with Reader, I married him. Uh, obviously, from the novel. Jane quit. Would you like to read the summary that I have of this chapter?
1: Would I like to read your summary? <laughs> Would yes! You like? <laughs> I
0: never it's get to read betrayed. from your notebook.
1: Jane quits university, becomes Edward's full time carer, and is somehow taken seriously at his uh, company board meetings. They have a son, they actually have two children, yeah, but only the do. son is mentioned. Yeah, no, Don't know what the other one was. Presumably a woman because it's not important enough to mention. Ouch. Closer. We love each other and know that we are meant to be together forever.
0: Kill me. <sighs> Isn't it good when you can get all of your anger out?
1: I'm just tired. <laughs>
0: we haven't even done lemon time yet i know i know like i'm looking at the time on this i've been i've been looking at the falafel no i'm gonna power through i'm gonna power through okay bex take it away it's lemon time (sighs) so
1: the first hint of uh Something lemony we've already sort of talked about.
0: Yeah, is this the bizarre? Well, I mean, which? Well, I suppose the first,
1: the first first thing is uh, the bar, but what I'm talking about is the the tent, the tent, the sex dream. Where Jane wakes up um, and when she goes inside to have a shower or a bath or whatever it is, um, she realises that her panties are inside out.
0: Truly the most, stressful thi- the most stressful thing in the world. Have you ever done that thing where, like, get really drunk and then the next day you wake up, like, naked or wearing your pyjamas or whatever and you just can't remember it happening? Um, obviously. Obviously, right. But, like, can you imagine that happening with your knickers? Like, I would actually fucking freak.
1: It's not even just that it's while you were asleep in a tent with a child a nine-year-old it's
0: just inappropriate it's massively
1: inappropriate and it's so weird and uncomfortable and i don't like it no um there's also uh, a weird bit where she's reading the mills and boone-esque novel and uh with the characters ed and janet
0: right okay so let's just right i was so confused in that because i was like why not just call her jane
1: Yeah, like if you're gonna was that
0: entire thing a typo or what? What was the deal there?
1: Who knows? Don't care. It was
0: rubbish. (laughs) It was just basically strip poker without any of the good bits, but it did have some boob play, which he liked. So you know, I do like some babes. I do like some babes.
1: Yeah, that's basically it. Um, In terms of the actual lemon lemon time, can
0: I can I please open this chapter? I'm begging you. Um, My note for this is. So, chapter 14. Jane is a psycho. She starts actually pummeling Mr. Rochester while shouting about how in love with him she is.
1: Yeah, basically. Accurate. Yeah. I mean, this is just weird. But, so she's in the gym.
0: Is, yeah, the uh, private gym. We haven't even mentioned the gym. Oh, the yeah. Gym, they, the gym sounds fucking great. They have a way. private
1: gym, which also has like a sauna and a spa. So, like, you know. If anyone does have a private gym with a sauna and a spa, hit me up, the contact information is below. (laughs) Like...
0: We'll come and record an episode in your sauna.
1: Yeah. Um, Besides the point, she is kickboxing something or other, uh, and he comes up behind her, and as soon as she feels his arousal pressing into her, uh, she basically knows that they're gonna fuck. It's... I don't think it's ever expressly mentioned that she's a virgin, but it's mentioned that she has no experience, Um, she has no kissing experience even. But it doesn't really seem like she's a virgin because they have sex sort of immediately, um, and she's not in any pain at all, it's just pleasure from the outset. And it's just weird, and the first time they have sex, they have sex standing up against a mirror and they fuck so
0: hard that they break it. Which, you know, ow, ow Yeah, super ow My other note, well I have a lot of notes for this actually Right, right, right uh, My main note for this was It makes sense that they're fucking up against Amira Because he's such an egomaniac That he would definitely want to watch himself Fucking a much younger woman
1: Yeah, that's reasonable yep. Then sort of immediately after They go up to, so they're in the private Gym, but then they Immediately want to go to his room To continue, <sighs> obviously the uh lemon time, at which point they bump into Mrs Fairfax, who, despite the fact that Mrs Fairfax is in love with Blanche <laughs> she doesn't give a shit. Uh, she's like, oh, you crazy kids have fun. Oh, for fuck's
0: sake, I'm sorry, that was just too good.
1: Yeah, dinner's at um, eight. Um, <laughs> so, they then uh, continue their sort of lemon time. I mean, I don't think, uh, there's some bits about the sex scenes that are all like, pull up as being weird and kind of like uncomfortable but generally they're not too awfully written
0: can we go back to the first one very quickly because i wrote i wrote some we've talked a lot on this podcast before about this kind of idea especially in fan fiction usually i would imagine because i know i used to do it when you know that the person writing it hasn't had sex themselves you don't really have a concept of how that kind of works and the language you use to describe it can just really hit the wrong mark. So from this first sex scene we have assaulting my lips with his, probing my mouth violently, Mm -hmm. uh, slammed me up against the mirror, plunged deep inside of me and as you mentioned the best quote of all time thankfully my body didn't resist the invasion. yeah that was weird that was really uncomfortable (laughs) didn't resist the invasion and i was able to cry out in pleasure and not in pain yeah that was weird okay i'll give you that yeah okay sorry (laughs) so you can go back to uh the next
1: bit is sort of a bit weird she wants to shower before they continue having sex which is fair because like she was at the gym yeah yeah Whatever, and he decides that he wants to uh, watch her wash. Which, okay, this is just a personal thing, but like, I can't think of anything less attractive. Like, or less, like, more invasive or intimate. I just don't like it. Like, if I'm having a shower, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm busy. You know what? Women, right, here's the thing women don't like showers okay you know why because we've got a lot to get done in there like it's just bad time anyway whatever she seems to find it quite arousing to have him watching her wash okay awful hate it but then they they go back to the bedroom and uh, carry on having sex at which point there's like this weird like juvenile like trick
0: so there's a knock on the door oh no i'm not ready to talk about that yet i'm so not ready like i, ca- I can't okay we'll come back I, to actually, it. I'm sorry. please continue uh, my favorite part of that scene because i i love again it was another moment where i was reading this alone and laughed so loud that i startled myself um because obviously this whole time she's been calling him mr rochester and there is a line where they're literally supposedly both about to come And he says, say my name, call me by my name. And I could just, like, there was something so fucking funny about it to me.
1: I think that's also a fair representation of, like, how self-obsessed this character is. Yeah,
0: it really is. Say my name. Say
1: my name. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know that you're not thinking about someone else. Blanche, for example.
0: Oh, yeah, no, so
1: go on, please. (laughs) So basically, there's a knock on the door... At which point... Is um,
0: horrible.
1: He tells... Uh, or, like, there's a voice from outside. Basically, they identify that it's Blanche outside. Uh, and Mr. Rochester, Edward, uh, tells Jane to get under the cover. And then invites Blanche in. And they basically play this weird juvenile trick on her. Where they're like, oh, I don't know. He basically... I guess he sort of breaks up with her. And throws out her family while also... Showing off that he's now sleeping with Jane—it's just weird, yeah. and I hated it. And I wish that I'd never read it. Just well, I wish that I'd never read all of it, but I especially <laughs> wish that I'd never read like that it
0: just chapter. Feels really like I hate his character, but in this moment, I hated his character with such a deep, burning passion. Made me want to vomit. Because it's, you know, Blanche is not a nice character. I'm not going to say that Blanche is a nice character in any way whatsoever. But to do something that cruel oh, it and was weird... so horrible. Yeah. It was so, and it was so teenage as well. It was like, it was something that probably happened to me at some point. Like, do you know what I mean? Something similar and nasty and, like you said, juvenile. Like, yeah. be adults about this shit. It's just... Weird. Yeah, there's also uh, a line in that scene about feet, but I'm guessing you blocked that from your memory. Oh, I because have because
1: I'm not. Maybe yeah. I skipped over that. Oh, because see, I don't.
0: I, I wish, I wish I had, but right. I don't really want to talk about it. Okay, because, that's fair. That's yep, fair. No.
1: Um, oh, this is also, I think, the first chapter that she refers to him as her best friend. Her best friend. Her best friend.
0: Not my best friend. Fuck off. <laughs> They fucking the jacuzzi in the next chapter and again I've just written here well, huh? that,
1: no. unsanitary. That's what it is. <laughs> it's unsanitary But they're the only people that use it. It's unsanitary. What if Adele uses that gym?
0: Oh, that's so true, I hadn't thought of that. Oh, that's horrible. Can we talk about chapter seventeen for a sec? Because I have such a big oh, issue with this. Okay, yep. You're a vegan. Yep. If you're comfortable with me saying that to the world. Yep. Can I ask if you've ever at any point in a previous life, used dairy-based products in any sexual way.
1: You know what, I did pick up on this. Particularly, I think, I can't seem to find the page that's got my notes about the food, but long story short, they have a tiramisu which they take up to the bedroom, Mm -hmm. uh, which is served with whipped cream. The whipped cream goes, you know, in a couple of places, on a couple of things. And you know what that screams to me is infection. Something's getting infected. Someone's going to need antibiotics.
0: It's it's not even necessarily that. It's more like (laughs) the smell of dairy mixed with sweat, which is a very particular smell and actually nightmare inducing. So for me, that scene was a complete fucking write-off. That hadn't
1: even occurred to me, but Um, dairy does smell disgusting
0: mix it with sweat my friend you are in for a really bad
1: time I'd rather not and also can we also just uh, I okay. know we're on lemon time yeah, I but hope. can we talk about the fact that Mrs Fairfax <laughs> produced like two completely different one for each of them luxury like gourmet Michelin star meals I think he had like veal and masala or something rather and she had like lobster stuffed chicken and it's her. like could you maybe like why are you putting your poor housekeeper through all this? Like yeah. eat, eat the same meal. Just eat, just eat food. Eat the same meal um, as well. Like don't make her prepare two different dishes for your stupid date night, where you're not going to even get eat. Take out. F- get takeout. Where out. do you live? Get not Indian. Out. If you're going to have sex, don't eat Indian.
0: <laughs> so on top <laughs> of the dairy, the other thing that added to this nightmare for me was that he then violently tickles her after sex oh. to the point where Oh my god. The rice. <laughs> it's it's my it's my nightmare that's that's a breakup of all (laughs) events it actually is a full-on like deal breaker it's like nope goodbye
1: i don't know a single person who likes to be tickled oh
0: my god i would rather i would rather die i would so rather die than that happened to me (laughs) oh
1: oh awful Awful. awful
0: Um, also, his climax was so powerful that I thought my head was going to hit the ceiling. I don't know what that means. Maybe I haven't been having the right kinds of sex, but also, like, it just sounds like he came and she sort of, like, levitated. (laughs) She was on top. She was on top, I would hope.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anywho, can we just go back to the thing where, like, they've just (laughs) had, like, a lot of sex and she's being tickled? I'm sorry, but that's gonna get messy. Yeah. Oh, there's dairy everywhere, man. There's dairy everywhere! There's gonna be like, you know, when when what? you're tickled, muscles clenched, like, stuff's gonna, gonna go
0: everywhere. What happens if she wees a little bit? You know, sometimes when you get tickled and you wee just a little
1: bit? Yeah, exactly. Well, it's just like, it's the same muscles as well. Yeah, exactly. So if, they're, if they're knackered,
0: right, which I'm assuming they are, you've
1: not she's, she's, uh, right, did you pick up on the awkward conversation, or well, not conversation, a bit where she describes oh it's okay because i'm on the pill because i have very heavy periods yes and there was an
0: entire paragraph <laughs> about uh stis uh, uh yeah the pill sti testing yeah i basically feel like i knew all of them and it was weird their sexual checkups it was bananas actually it was uncomfortable
1: <laughs> right anyway where are we oh it's the next sex scene oh wait no 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 chapter 17 sorry yeah you haven't mentioned my favorite line oh God. Uh, it was That's quite I mean. it was quite near the end of it okay. we're talking about afterwards we lay there like two wet dish rags
0: what by the tickling i just didn't take in anything else after that dish rags yeah two wet dish rags what does that even mean i'm not sure but what does that mean if you mix wet with dairy i'm getting even more stressed out by this i
1: don't want to know let's move on (laughs) i think the next sex scene or maybe it's not the next sex scene but the next thing that sex scene that i took any notes on was 27. 22 oh it, they described their spiritual lovemaking, um and this is a direct quote they touched the eternal what does that mean can someone I don't get it but it makes me want to vomit is it like
0: eternal flame like the atomic kitten is song it... <laughs> is that originally
1: a bangles song yeah
0: but obviously atomic kitten wow. let's
1: not burst into a rendition of that
0: I mean
1: we could if we really wanted to <clears throat> let's not anywho so wow. that was disgusting and I hated it chapter 23
0: chapter 23 i was very confused as to where they were fucking in this chapter and i think that's why i didn't make many notes on it
1: right they went for a picnic they're at a b&b they went for a picnic right. and had outdoor sex right but okay. they weren't that far outdoors
0: because they might still have been in sight of some other people yeah very confusing i wasn't sure if they were on a beach or not i didn't really know what terrain was going on the sex I don't think was explicit, so I was just a bit No, I don't confused. think it
1: was explicit, but it was outdoor sex, after a picnic, watch out for ants, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I
0: mean, pretty much. I think at some point before that, they mentioned that they'd spend like 14 days uninterrupted, you know, just with each other, which is probably the longest you know they've spent together in their whole
1: relationship. You know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like chafing.
0: <laughs> no, no, because she says, and this is my favourite line in, in the whole thing. Uh, we didn't find it necessary to make love every night because just being together was enough. Do you know what else is enough, Jane? Get a fucking Netflix account. You will never have to have sex again.
1: <laughs> I don't think you've really <laughs> understood what Netflix and chill means. It's literally the opposite of that.
0: Are you sure, though? Are you sure? It's
1: super chilling, mate. way better. <laughs> right, anyway. <laughs> Chapter 28. This is... D- no, 27
0: disgusting. Oh, chapter t- 27 Yeah, Christmas screwing Oh, Christmas, okay, carry on Which is my, you know <clears throat> I'm not going to say it's my fave kind of screwing But it's probably up there um, Is that because you only like to do it once a year? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much But also, I'm so, I was really stressed out by this, right Because when they go up to the bedroom She's wearing a Santa hat And then they start having sex on Christmas And she takes the Santa hat off
1: you know what that we call that Scrooge What's where the I'm fucking point? like rude
0: that's what, what it is, what is who takes off their want? santa
1: hat during sex have I, some fucking christmas exactly. cheer
0: <laughs> jesus christ so did, did you not make any notes on chapter 27 so no you, i've just
1: got reunion sex nothing to report so
0: you miss? oh you missed out on some stellar really lines, which
1: gonna... I, you know what i'm not gonna lie um it was quite late last night i was quite blank yeah i kind of just wanted to go to bed <laughs> that's
0: fine um <clears throat> so would you are you ready for this yep yeah, enlighten me Taking him in my hand, I marvelled at how something would feel as smooth as satin, yet strong as steel at the same time. Ah. I wish you guys could see her face right now. This is truly, truly priceless. We have known each other for a long time and not many things can make your face do that. That's gross. That's gross. Um, So yeah, this is Christmas where they basically are reunited. They fuck all day and abandon Adele and Mrs Fairfax downstairs while Mrs Fairfax is cooking like a five course Christmas dinner or something, which is lovely. Um, And also then they fuck in the hallway, which is confusing because it sounds like they're coming from two separate bedrooms. Despite the fact that they're like in one bedroom and it says, he speared me, which was nice. Okay then. Really lovely. Yeah. There are some words I never want to be used in association with sex and speared is definitely one of them. Yeah, that's reasonable. So 28, please go. So we've just had Christmas. Yep.
1: Now they're going on to New Year's. Oh yeah. So, you know, this is a very seasonal fic. They also mentioned like Thanksgiving and stuff like yeah. you know they're hitting all the major holidays yep. so it's new year's eve or it's new year's ish sort of time um and they decide to go have a sort of spa getaway
0: that and sounds very nice it does actually. sound nice do you know what
1: that sounds lovely apart from the bit where they decide to have sex
0: in a non-private sauna right okay so this is a question i had actually highlighted and <laughs> um, the question is have you ever wanted to screw in a sauna
1: no you know what i want to do in a sauna leave <laughs> Like I don't want to be in there for more than like 5 minutes at the most. Right. So
0: this is the thing. I'm no good in saunas. Steam rooms I could fuck with, you know? Uh, That's more my kind of heat. Yeah, but, okay. Like also, she I'm-
1: also describes like the sauna as being basically too hot to sit down in. If it's too hot to sit down in, it's too hot to fuck like. What's happening? I so don't they know. they basically go into this sauna where like three women are like, you know, doing sauna things. Yeah. Just just chilling.
0: Chilling, having a lovely gossip like they do, yeah.
1: As you do. And so eventually the the three lovely women decide, right, okay, we've had enough sauna time. They leave and basically make some, like, weird remark to them, like... Don't fuck in the sauna or enjoy fucking in the sauna. Something like yeah. that. Yeah, and then it's just weird. So they have sex in the sauna, and I didn't write too many notes on what the actual sauna sex was like, but I did make a note oh, about... Oh, um, you were going with this. Basically it describes a sex noise that happens and how they sort of laugh about it together. And the thing about this is that I don't know whether to hate it because, you know, describing sex noises is a bit weird. Or to kind of like the realism of it, of like, you know what, sex noises happen. They're gross, and they're weird, and they happen, and if you can't laugh about it with your partner, then you're probably with the wrong partner. Exactly. And they do laugh about it together. They do. So, as much as I dislike it, I also kind of like it, because it's kind of real.
0: Yeah, no, I think you're right on that one. Yeah, what, now, what did you write about it? That was it, literally. I have the phrase, a huge slurp highlighted. Yeah. That's that's it.
1: I'd actually forgotten what the sex noise they slurp. described was.
0: Slurp. <laughs> um, but that's also, you know, just to round off lemons, there is some serious detail in this chapter about a seven course menu. I, I don't care about because I'm not eating it
1: I literally skipped over it, I didn't even notice that that happened
0: <laughs> It's an entire paragraph
1: I'm I'm vegan, we don't give a shit about <laughs> food <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alright, oh my god So that, I think that's pretty much it Chapter
1: 29, some lemons, I've written oh, well, that oh, I don't have anything
0: to god, report on oh, oh no, it's the private jet isn't it? Maybe Yeah, they fuck on a private jet That happens. Which is nice, you know If you If you've got the money to do it
1: Yeah, sure, why it. not?
0: We're gonna do a quiz now. Exciting. I got you to do a quiz for me. Brilliant, actually. brilliant. I got you right, to do get a
1: quiz. Your up. Up. Get my laptop up. Oi oh, oi. Yeah. Yeah. What am I meant to be doing? Okay, so
0: Google.
1: <clears throat> yep.
0: Which Jane Eyre character are you? Oh,
1: cool. It's a quiz on
0: the Guardian. Which so that means Jane right. Eyre
1: character? I, oh, look, it already comes up as like. Okay. How would you describe yourself in one word? The options are loyal, sweet, kind, charming, devoted. Or beautiful. I'm literally none of these things.
0: <laughs> I think you're, you're loyal.
1: Well, I'm a Leo. I would describe myself as beautiful because what? I'm this massively self-obsessed. You're the one
0: taking the quiz. Describe yourself however you What is want? your
1: favourite hobby? Reading. Probably a good option considering we're doing this, uh, this podcast. Helping others. Travelling. Dancing and singing. Causing havoc and disarray. Or studying.
0: I think we all know which one you're
1: going for. Causing havoc and disarray. (laughs) How would others describe you? Fierce and tigerish. Otherworldly and mythical. Mischievous and cheeky. Passionate and abrupt. Helpful and inspiring. Cold and stern. Well, considering this is asking how others would describe me, and I have an other right here. (laughs) How would you describe me?
0: I would describe you as fierce and tigerish. I would not want to fuck with you.
1: Okay. What is your greatest fear?
0: Oh we're about to get emo.
1: Giving up your freedom, losing the people you love, your wife, the evil schoolmaster, loneliness or failure. Let's go with giving up my freedom. What is the hardest lesson you've had to learn? Marrying for money and desire but not love, Correcting your grammar, losing control of your freedom, losing someone very close to you, self-sacrifice for God, Mm. or mishaps in love.
0: We all know it's grammar.
1: Yeah. I really don't like to be corrected. (laughs) What are your aspirations and dreams? To have a caring family, to be loved for who you are, to be happy, to have a second self and well-suited companion, to complete God's mission, or to be free. Let's go with freedom. You are happiest when, in the eye of society, alone, (laughs) learning new things, in the company of friends, spending time with the one you love, or carrying out good deeds. I think we all know that I'm happiest when I'm alone.
0: Excellent choice.
1: You want to be a missionary, an inspiration, a teacher, a rich heiress, very wealthy, or a student.
0: Where do you draw the line between a rich heiress and very wealthy? Because, like, at what point do you have to have worked for your wealth?
1: Exactly. So I think what it's implying here is that very wealthy is like you've (laughs) earned your own sort of wealth, which would imply that you'd have to work for it. So I'm gonna go with the rich generation and and go for the less work. What is most important to you? God, blossoming friendships, freedom, desire, your family, or true love? I'm torn here between like freedom and desire, but to me freedom means kind of doing whatever you desire. Right. So, freedom. I guess, because I think it kind of impo- incorporates that. If someone upsets you, you don't let it affect you. Bite them.
0: Which she has done in the past.
1: Get frosty with them. Reason with them. Insist you are right and they are wrong. Cry and have a bit of a sulk.
0: I think like, we all know it's the bottom line.
1: <clears throat> yeah, let's, let's go with that. Cry and have a bit of a sulk. <laughs> Bertha, or the mad woman in the attic, is, uh, is what this thinks I am Uh, you are simply mad the secret mad wife who is kept away from society by your fiercely protective husband you are like a ghost hiding in the shadows of corridors and curiously watching everyone seductively beautiful you know how to bewitch men but your nature is to be tigerish and vicious Uh, your nature to be tigerish and vicious often surfaces (sighs) well yeah like, there you
0: go. I go, don't say I'll never give you anything. How can
1: you really? No, uh, you, ca-
0: you can't, really. But can we get on to the most important
1: part? The most important part about this fic. And I think the fact that we've put to episode 8, and this is, only, this is the, the first time we had... The co- first real one! The first real one. We had sort of an, an almost, but this is the first real one. And I would like to draw the conclusion that the use of this is directly correlated to the quality of writing (laughs) because this is the first time we've had to really kind of slam something that we've read and it is also the first time that this has happened.
0: Orb count! One.
1: We are at one. Orb count. uh, uh. The use of the word orb or orbs to describe eyes.
0: (gasps) Would you like to hear the context? Because I wrote the context down.
1: I wrote the context down too, but I'd love Um, to hear it from from you.
0: Unbridled desire in his flashing black orbs. I've never been happier. Yeah. Never happier. Orb count. Actual one. I think that
1: probably kind of makes it a good place to to wrap this up.
0: (laughs) I think you're probably right. I mean... There could have been more orbs. I was kind of holding out once I saw that first one. I was yeah. like, yeah, give me more. No, yeah. yeah, no more. So anyway, if you have stuck with listening to us for this long, thank you. If you are the author of this fan fiction, sorry. Maybe you're better now. We hope you're better now. Send us your new links. We We'd would love to read two. something we would of love yours to read something. that's more recent. So thank you very much for listening. You can find us on iTunes. We are on SoundCloud as well as at Contains Lemon's podcast uh, we are here every other Thursday and now I've said it on the internet I have to be held accountable to it thank you very much you can email us if you have any questions or any suggestions we are contains at gmail.com alternatively you can tweet us we are just at contains lemons but for now I guess it's probably lemon Lenin
1: out, out.